and welcome to another episode of Client Ships Customer Experience Superheroes. This is the podcast series where we bring you insights, ideas and inspiration from leaders, brands and initiatives in CX that are happening around the world. We believe every CX leader possesses a set of CX superpowers and in this series we explore what they are. Today we meet Steve Bederman, the chairman of the hugely successful Noble Biz. As a leader himself, Steve is perfectly placed to share with us his thoughts on the difference between leadership and management in customer experience. So um, it's uh, an absolute delight for me to welcome Steve Bederman, a CEO of uh, Noble Biz, to the CX uh, Superheroes podcast series. Um, Steve, welcome. Uh, yes, I'm the CEO, president of Noble Biz, and we're a global uh, ca- uh, communications company, and I look forward to uh, being able to explain more about that. Excellent. So I appreciate, you know, you've got uh, over 200 employees and, and, you know, a big operation, but uh, dialing out of London as I am, um, some of us uh, here in Europe and some of our listeners in other parts of the world may not be aware of the incredible journey you've been on. So, so would you mind just unpacking perhaps some of the last 15 years to tell us how you've got to where you've got to? It was an originally formed uh, out of San Diego, California and Noble Biz itself was an outcome of another business that was in calling cards. And in calling cards, we had a, a huge success and became about a $300 million company, really from the basis of uh, a couple people. Once that was established, it was really a question of where, in fact, Uh, can that network be used outside of calling cards? And we realized that in the contact center space, of which I have a a deep uh, history with, they had a unique approach, which was that most carriers didn't want to work with uh, contact center because of the quality of those phone calls. And and, uh, carriers like long calls and inbound calls if possible. So uh, we began to say, well, we'll take that business. And in doing that, began to to add to our not only willingness to do that business, but uh, our approach to it by adding specific flavor that met contact center or at the time telemarketing and and call centers uh, needs. Now, a manufacturer of call center software, uh, omni-channel software, so many ways of communicating where contact center is trying to reach and where the carrier too. So we have that unique proposition. Awesome. And I was, I was reading a white paper of yours and I liked the expression that you know, call centers are out, experience centers are in. Do you want to just explain a bit more of that for us? Over the years, you begin to realize that it's much more than telemarketing. It's every way to connect and communicate between a client and the company that they're, they're working with. That fits into all types of business. Every business has a relationship that on one level, form of media or another means that they need to communicate. Some is through email, some is through text, some is through SMS, through their website, some is through social such as Facebook or LinkedIn, Uh, Some is still through voice. So um, really, it's how do I communicate with my client develops into, so really, I need technology to be able to have my customer's experience, uh, you know, involved. That's really where you're seeing 
contact center today. So contact center is contact in any form in a very seamless way to give great comfort of information to the end user, the client. I'm guessing, um, Steve, that you know, the journey you've just described there is not one that you just happen upon. You've got to have the right characteristics as, as a leader to make sure that you're you're taking the staff, you're you're, you're making the right choices, you're you're painting a bit of a vision that you need people to go with because the technology may not necessarily be there when you decide that's where you want to go. The intention is, and as you've explained, sort of you know the the requirement the customers have evolve. So. Let's just get into this topic, you know, leadership versus management in, in contact centre. So what defines a great leader in a contact centre? They have thousands of their own, hundreds, tens, hundreds, thousands of their own employees. Give them a, a method and vision and the motion that is required to have consistency of message and to evolve into the customer experience. Now, most contact centers in this day and age are then they themselves working for many clients in like a BPO. So they're taking on new clients and each one has their own vision culture that needs to be amplified. Well, at the same time, from a, a management of a contact center, the leadership has to be clear that we are built on a certain approach. The key is that's the vision and that's what the leader is, is doing. And they're providing that vision, removing obstacles to approach that. But at the end of the day, then it's about management, which is singularly different, which is management is about how do you do it? The implementation side go from leadership to uh, you know to management is as the way I see it. And by the way, uh, Christopher, that is for any business. Every leader of every organization has those same pillars that they have to to meet. And the management then, although changes with a vertical, doesn't necessarily change in in model. Um, the, the interesting dynamic you have in a contact center, though, you've kind of highlighted it there with the BPO, that quite often you're, you're, you're taking responsibility for someone else's experience and brand. Your employees may be doing that on for multiple companies. So they have to be quite dynamic individuals and the content and the detail of what they're going through is vast. So, you know, the, the leader has to have a, a slightly different purpose or approach to get the best out of those individuals? I think everything you have to think of begins with leadership. So think of a, a leader as someone that sets the vision and the approach. Our vision is to be promise keepers. So that's a, our vision. Our vision is that we make a promise and we keep a promise. And that's coming from from myself, from the leadership group. That's it. That's all it is. It's a singular thing. It's our core value, which is to have integrity and to meet that by keeping our promises. To our contacts and our clients, that's a comfort to them because then what they know is the mission critical relationship we have with them can be uh, considered sacrosanct. But that's just a vision. What I would tell you is we have hundreds, thousands of clients, and again, contact centers have tens and, and sometimes hundreds of clients too. But if they always deal with their clients in the sense that if we can work for you, you know that you will get our singular approach 
to, in our case, promise keeping, is that the reflection you want on your business? If so, hire us. But if you're looking for something less, something different, a model that doesn't include that, there are probably other contact centers you need to go with. But what I'll tell you is, is that many times contact centers in their desperation for business, for my agents to call, will will not do that. And they'll take on any kind of uh, campaign. When that happens, although they will essentially be able to implement what is going on, if there isn't a, a desire you know, to meet that singular core value, they offer mediocre service because now all of a sudden their integrity is compromised from the leadership level and the sales side. And then how do you then go to your thousands of agents and say, okay, in this case, we don't care about the customer experience as much. Come on, you know, Christopher, that's not the way to do it. I mean, that that must be very reassuring for employees, both, both new and those that you're recruiting in has a, a, a level of integrity mm. as ours is, is labeled, it's very tough for anybody we talk to to say, yeah, no, I'm not interested in that, right? Sure. So, so it, it's, a, it's a very holistic approach. And, and oftentimes what you'll find is that, that companies that we work with uh, begin to exemplify the same traits. You can see sometimes improvement even in our clients, and that's a great satisfaction. Oh, of course, yeah. If you can actually be helping shape and and improve the standard that they deliver to their customers. You also, as I say, very reassuring to employees because it keeps you on the hook as well, doesn't it? You know, in terms of how you behave, in terms of leadership and management. It's very, as you say, it's very singular, it's very binary, we keep our promises. So, you know, we, we don't make promises we can't keep, but if we make that promise we will keep it. Have you got examples of, of how that lives and breathes in the organization? Oh, well, in many times. It's, it's our mantra all the time. So whether we're talking in our monthly meeting as we did this morning, and we define that to our staff today, let's remind you that we are promise keepers. And as a leadership group, that's the vision that we are bringing to you. But we also know that we don't get to be the implementers of that at all times. So we have a management group. And the management group's purpose for the rest of you out here that we're talking to is to be able to bring you the tools through process and approach and training to ensure that we can do that at all times. But at the end of the day, the main group body of our staff, what you have to do is exemplify the the core value, but at the same time, make sure that you're asking us and reminding us as management about where we need to improve our tool set to you and our approach to you. But you know, in doing that, uh, I built another company and I built that company, a global company, and we started with two people. At the time, nothing differentiated us except 
our, our singular approach to how we took care of clients. And although it was a slower process, over time, we became a global industry leader, not because we were the best at product, but that we were the best at caring. And uh, that grew into such a compelling of interest to the market we were selling to that uh, it, it inevitably leaves you very unconflicted. And, and you're right, it, it forces from leadership to management that we're always on call, right? So it seems to me, Steve, as if you've always been in service of customers. You know, you talk about keeping promises, you talk about care, the things that are not natural states for, for some individuals or organizations. I wonder, in, in terms of leadership, how do you feel leadership has had to have adapted over the last few months to cope with changes? Have good leaders been able to come through this strongly or or has it been a new ball game for everyone? Uh, we saw an, an entire change with all of our clients and thousands and thousands of contact center agents heading home where they had been sitting in large offices with 500 peers or more. Uh, many CEOs of, of many of our companies, uh, they were concerned. Uh, not only were they concerned, they were mainly concerned that they would not be able to continue to promote their core values to their employees if they weren't right in front of them. So we saw an instant reaction of a lot of traffic dropping off, but over the next 60 days, you saw this transformation of contact centers that began to be successful in terms of how you bring your leadership piece into your staff and then how you continue to implement it through management. And they began to understand that there was no difference except in terms of the tools that they use. As an example, right now we're on Zoom. A specific example is our own company where we move them home like a, similarly overnight. What did we do? We began to, to create ways to connect leadership, core value, management, and staff uh, on a daily basis. And so what we do is set up uh, work groups. So every work group, every team uh, began to keep a Zoom room open. And they constantly kept that open in front of each other. But guess what happens when you're using video? You're actually involved more so than you were when you were in your office with each person because you're looking at them face to face. Don't do that in, in your office. You sort of take each other for granted. And so in truth, the purpose became promoted and really improved in, in many ways. And today, what I'm seeing with not only us, but with many of our contact center clients is they're saying, I wonder if we really ever need to go back to our offices or can we do a hybrid of it where we now allow ourselves to hire staff anywhere in the world versus the geographic location of our office and get the best of the best to work in a different environment. So I think it's been actually revolutionary. I mean, I've certainly found teams working together. It's been more, you've been more in the room or in the Zoom because you haven't got the distractions going on around you. So you can commit all your energy and effort just to that small group. I've not thought about it in terms of groups of contact center staff working together, but I can get exactly what you mean there because having sat in many contact centers and work with organizations it's a big space sometimes and there's much going on 
Yeah. If you think about a contact center floor, you walk into a large open space. Now, there are some side rooms, but oftentimes it's a large open space uh, or a multiple rooms, but hundreds and hundreds of, of, of agents, and you hear a buzz, you hear a, a noise, and it's always been interpreted as an energy. Mm-hmm. This noise is us making money, doing good works, and that was where leadership came from. Now, management, on the other hand, had a little problem because they had to somehow break through that noise So it actually, even though they were there, it wasn't as easy. Now what you're seeing is management uh, or leadership being able to communicate with everybody whenever they want through maybe they'll use Zoom and create a video and I'll sit in my office alone, create a video and then send it out to all my staff. Hey, look at this this week. And it's me exemplifying the pillars of our business. And management, because they have their Zoom room, they now have a channel right into the ear of each agent. So in many ways, it's an improvement, but it's a shock to contact centers who always felt like the buzz that was going on was the driving force of energy. Now energy has to be done differently. That's a really interesting observation. I've not not thought about that. That's really interesting, Steve. In this this next normal, how do leadership and management get along then? I mean, if there is this detachment, if they ask one stepping in, one stepping out, how does everyone else see them as a cohesive force working together? How do you achieve that? Well, I was hoping on this call that you were going to train me on that. So (laughs) I would say it's consistency and it's reasonability. And it's the recognition that oftentimes large companies keep that sea level in their room by themselves. Unfortunately, and in my world, we don't do that, but in many, I have seen that. That has to change now because if that continues, they will, the, the sea level will have very almost zero relationship with the activity going on. So, they have, it's, it's, it's less incumbent upon the contact center agent. They may not have to change. They can just use the tools now that they're aware of. But C-level is the group that has to change, in my opinion. C-level has to become more involved. They have to participate. They now have the ability to communicate with anybody at any time removal of of office space, uh, change of infrastructure costs, uh, reduction of the overhead in many ways, uh, should not just be pocketed by that C-level group. It should be reinvested in more communication tools. And I'll give you one quick example. We at NobleBiz, every week now, we have three days a week that we do desktop yoga. So we recognize that our staff is at home. We give them uh, recreational tools that they can, one, communicate with each other, and, and two, that lets them understand that there's an awareness all the way through to the leadership of the organization that there's something quirky going on here, and we have a responsibility to you, the staff, to, to be more informally open with you. 
I mean, that's a very interesting point you raise there. And I think we, we run a series called CX Matters in a Crisis. I'm pretty sure that initiative came up, Noble Biz, as, as one of those kind of progressive things organisations are doing. Which brings me to another point going forward. Leadership has been very much focused on in service of the business and, and achieving the goals and the ambitions of the business and bringing the staff to follow. But I think what we've seen over the last few months is consumers are now evaluating the organisations that they trust based on their responsibility to their employees and to society. So does the leader now need to rethink in terms of their responsibilities to do the right things in the right way? Do they have to now take into consideration the impact of their actions on society and communities as well as their employees and their customers? Well, in truth, it's uh, a key piece of our own core value. So I have two, two different perspectives to share with you. One is that a business built on promise keeping and then insisting upon it all the way through and advertising it and telling people why and how you do it can be an influence Let's be frank, the world is built on a consumer-based approach to relations. So if, in fact, a business like ours, very complicated, can be successful through the investment in keeping the promise versus the investment of making money and then seeing how you keep a promise, there is a difference, then we can become marvelous and lead to other competitors needing to do it just to stay relevant. Well, who gains the the value point of that is the society. It's the consumer. It's the fact that now consumers, over a period of time, leadership coming from one company after another can see that they can hold people accountable an integrity-based approach to living. Let's be honest, over the last 20 years, what you have seen through businesses, mega businesses, fast food restaurants, uh, set up to do high volume with very little interaction, you've seen a sort of acceptance in our children and each other of mediocrity. So I go to a fast food restaurant every other day and they get my order wrong uh, often, but what do I do? I continue to go there. I'm frustrated, I anticipate bad service, but I keep going there because of ease ease of use versus courtesy. Well, that sends a horrible message to the generations of our children. And by the way, you're seeing the outcome of that in America today. So the, so the leader has quite a responsibility going forward. And I guess that's where they must work very strongly with the management team to ensure that that is echoed through every effort and energy. If organisations are going to have to take a greater stake in society and, and, and almost have a, a civilian charter, a society charter to, to make a commitment to make things better. A true contact centre is built upon the idea of the client experience. That's, that's the basis of all communication for that purpose. So now with companies like NobleBiz, where we provide omni-channels, multiple channels and ways that I can be communicating with you within the context of any way you choose to communicate with me that makes you, the customer, comfortable in your experience, 
we can now see that companies in an organized and efficient fashion can now begin again to communicate directly with their customer using the right technology with the right vision and the, and the singular approach to caring. Technology obviously is getting more and more diverse, more and more coming in to replace kind of key touch points. But I'd imagine, Steve, you'd probably argue, and I think with good cause, that the voice interactions are so much more important for organizations that when they happen, they're the things that we are going to remember. I'm not going to remember the app. And we're not going to remember the website click, but I'm still going to remember the human interaction. So it's got to be its A game every single time, hasn't it? If only. And I say that because I agree with that. I agree with the fact that the closer you can intimately get with your customer, experience, their experience is going to be enhanced. And, and ultimately, it emphatically underlines, if I know you, I will, I will do for you. Let's say the millennial group today, they're not talking, they're, they're writing. You can't see that necessarily. No, it's not voice. But you also can't just say, well, that's not as good. What you, you can say is it's a generation built on a, an awareness of communication, but in a different modus operandi. And that through that, they've gotten very good at conversation through uh, social networking or through text. So we don't diminish the, the ones that remove us from voice or video. We, we make those available, but we also make the others available and then creatively find ways to make that an intimate conversation. There's a great perspective on that, Steve. So uh, just to sort of wrap this up. I mean, the, the traits you, you've highlighted, I think obviously having a core value like, like you do of keeping promises, it makes it easier to be, to be a leader in that place. What a wonderful environment to work in. Going forward, do you think the, the, the leader in the contact centre needs to evolve or, or, or do they just need to carry on being brilliant at what they do at the moment? Yeah, I think they, it, it's a, uh, not only an evolution, it's a, it's a revolution of, of behavioural change. So... Honestly, I want to see classes on it. I want to see more training to leadership. I want to remind leadership that through a wholly new behavior of how you communicate internally and externally with the internal and external clients, that you can be successful. But if you refuse and you want to stay in the, the method of over the last 50 years that has developed, it's not going to survive. And if leadership doesn't understand it or stays remote from it, those businesses are, not, are going to be very mediocre. Great. So, so uh, yeah, so they can't rest on their laurels. I like the idea of like a competency framework and helping to develop and nurture and grow people into those leadership roles rather than perhaps historically just kind of pointing at someone and saying they've got the leadership traits. It's actually developing it. The CX experience approach to a business, which I would guarantee you that businesses over the last decades would all say they've perfected, uh, is truly not been perfected as we alluded to earlier. So in that regard, the opportunities it brings for change, for improvement societally and personally uh, are amazing and great for everyone at, every, at any given time. But business leaders, have to understand that if they don't get it, they don't understand dynamically what that means, and they don't 
begin to offer management tools to it that they will become obsolete. So we've, we've spoken about leadership of the future. Are you able to give us any insights in terms of noble business or the foreseeable future? What, what, what are the plans you guys have got going on there? Yeah, as I said, we're a carrier for uh, the world, uh, for contact centers throughout the world. So they can come to us and get carrier services, telco, different avenues of communication. But over the last five, six years, you know, we've built some amazing tools, the contact center calling tools or communication tools that allow them to actually use the carrier service. So now we began that process for contact centers in America. Now we are expanding it. So this year we've added North Africa to our to our our say you know our market we are now adding latin america and central america to it so we're now expanding beyond north america we are we have our global office in bucharest romania and through that office we are beginning to you will see us over the now and through the next 18 months uh, Eastern and Western Europe. That being said, we don't forget about Asia, which we are, are, are beginning to grow. So you're going to be seeing us taking a new software product, an Omni Plus product that allows contact centers to communicate, and we are just going to saturate the entire world with the use of it. So, sounds very exciting, and I think it's, it's, it's a great opportunity for you, but there'll be many clients out there who will, will hear, hear nothing more than the uh, keeping promises and think that's an organization I want to be associated with. But Steve, I wish you all the best. Thank you so much for being a part of the CX Superheroes podcast series. I wish you, everyone at Noble Biz, all your clients the best for the future and look forward to seeing that uh, progress that you make across the globe. Well, Christopher, thank you for the opportunity to speak to your audience and to you. And we'll look forward to implementing what we say we're going to do. 